Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. Dot .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Marriage, a show that brings real help to real couples. I'm your host Melanie Studley. What's up guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and we are super excited to bring you Shana James, host of the Man Alive podcast. She came on. It's really interesting cuz she's been coaching men for 15 years and she's a woman, but she brings out stuff in <laughs> men that are super amazing and one of her TEDx talks, what 1000 men's tears reveal about the crisis between men and women is freaking amazing you guys yes. are going to love this show you're going to get value from it so stay tuned right, enjoy it's lovely to have you on the show and uh we're Thanks just so you. awesome to have a great conversation so tell us a little bit about yourself and uh we'll dive right on in okay where to start well i work a lot with men and i have for the past 20 years or so And everybody's always like, why do you do that as a woman? And, you know, I started out thinking that I was going to coach and counsel women. And then I had a chance to be part of this workshop where I, as a woman, was giving honest and loving feedback to men. And it totally rocked my world. And I really got to see behind the facade and behind that curtain, you know, of like, or the mask of... Mm -hmm men have got it together and whatever my ideas were about how men might have objectified me or any of that. And I just got to go deeper than that and see men's hearts and somehow felt called to keep, you know, diving into this work with men. So it feels exciting to me. I feel like in some ways I get to love men for a living and in other ways, especially in the heterosexual world, I'm loving women through helping men. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. That That is awesome. And I can tell you one thing from a man having been, well, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and have been yeah. for 15 years. And it has always been predominantly female right. heavy, I guess. I, it's, I was always yeah. outnumbered, yeah. right? And I was never... Uh, intimidated by that or, or whatever. I never thought, oh, this is weird or what am I doing here kind of thing. And it really feels awesome when I could connect with other women, not in a romantic mm-hmm. way, of course, but other women yeah. and they, it felt like they understood what I was uh, saying as a man. So I, I love, yeah. I love that you do that. And I watched your TED talk, by the way, awesome uh, TEDx <laughs> t- speaker in uh, Valparaiso, which was rad. And I, I resonated with that because the things that you say, and of course you know this, but our listeners may not, the things that you say and the way that you help men navigate through these emotions that all men have, we're just humans, right? The way yeah. that you help them navigate through that is almost, I think sometimes for the first time ever, men going, oh my gosh, I have permission and I actually can tap into this whole other landscape that yes. I formerly did not know even the hell it existed, right? Or right. it has been and just culturally- to give that yeah, like a little bit of context, right? It's like you, the, it's, it's a lot about the vulnerability and about everybody starting to welcome men's vulnerability more. And I called it, um, 
what a thousand men's tears reveal about the crisis between men and women, because having worked with so many men and being let into their world and their emotions and helping men see, oh, there's nothing wrong with me if I'm feeling something, right? It's just that, like you said, you guys have been conditioned out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is, it can be one of the most scary things, right? Of course, I was raised in the South. I can go chop wood or <laughs> I'm thinking of that uh, Hank Williams Jr. song. Do you guys, you guys know that <laughs> I one? I can know. skin a butt. Uh, I can run a trot line. Uh, I can, uh, a country boy can't survive. Nope. <laughs> skin a butt. I heard you say. I know. No. That's what I, we just skin say a buck. Skin a buck. Sorry. I heard buck. Uh, like a, a deer. <laughs> Like, what but, is that? Like, I Southern come a, thing. Well, no, well, yeah, partially. I can spit chew. Um, I can chop wood or, you know, go hunting or do anything, but then also be as soft as I need to be. Right. But you can't, yeah. of course, I wasn't really acculturated to be that as soft as you can. Right. Just like, hey, you know, buck up, man up. And that really was, I guess, suppressed for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Right. Right. Yeah. And, can you can you speak a little bit about that, how uh, that's most men's journey? Well, yeah, and I was just thinking what you, before you had mentioned, you know, talking about what women really want from men. And you can say whether this is true. Like, I never like to make assumptions, right, because I'm not a man. But when I think about that, um, the range of acceptance or care or love or like being let into a man's heart, you know, and, and emotions. I think women are really, most women I talk to are really wanting that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they're also wanting a kind of leadership and self knowing and stand, you know, like there's a strength that men that, that women also really long for often in men. And so, yeah, that journey from thinking that strength is just about, I've got it all together and I'm the rock and, I can't show any weakness and I can't ask for help to actually start including, wow, vulnerability is one of the strongest things you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of men will jump out of an airplane without, I don't know, maybe not without a second thought, but you know, <laughs> like they'll do it. And then I, I say to them, well, have you talked to your partner or your wife about this? And they're like, um, no, that sounds terrifying. Mm, and like, right. well, you have, right. You have the courage, you have the strength to do this. And, so we have to start to, I start to with men unravel, like, why is it so scary? What's, what do you think is going to happen? Mm, and mm. okay, well, I think she's going to think this about me. Okay. Well, then what if she does? And right. We kind of go into that worst case scenario or that worst fear and actually walk it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. We, what was it in the, um, Gay Hendricks book where or it was we interviewed Gay Hendricks, who's the author of the book Big I Leap. I saw the Big yeah. Leap. Oh, he's so amazing. Right. He was saying the longest yeah. journey for most people, but I think for men in particular mm-hmm. is, yeah, from your head to your heart. Right. Just mm-hmm. 12 mm-hmm. inches long. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is 12 little inches, but, <laughs> but it's like the hardest thing ever. And we do this with our coaching clients all the time. I'll often tell the wives, I'm like, look, this is the hardest, probably the hardest thing that your husband will ever have to kind of face which yeah. sounds ridiculous because we think sounds what ridiculous you, but what it's do you true mean? yeah like what do you mean he can he can chop wood he can mm. skin a butt or whatever. A butt. <laughs> i know i know but it's <laughs> way funnier when it's a butt right but, uh, like he can do all these things and whatever but you're telling me that it's that difficult for mm-hmm. him to just say what he feels and then on the flip side too uh mm-hmm. when we see our male clients who begin to express their emotions and i did this in our own marriage too I was like, what are you doing? Mm. Why are you telling me how you feel? Like, ew, I'm the only one allowed to have feelings, which is a disgusting statement. So I would really love to camp out on that and kind of just observe or or maybe facilitate a conversation between Mm -hmm. you two because... So, okay, we've identified, yes, men have emotions. We're not just, you know, wood, wood choppers and butt skinners, too, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a deep well of emotions. Yes. And uh, one thing that I found with our clients and also just with Melanie, one of the absolute most 100% things that she wants is my deep emotionality. Yeah. Right. She wants to be connected to me. Oftentimes she says, what are you thinking? And for years, I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. You might as well. Right. I don't even know. Right. And you try to make something up. I'm I thinking. Now, right, right now, were you really asking for what he was thinking or were you really wanting to know, like, what are you feeling or what's? I think what's... it was I should have just been like, hey, I'd love to talk. What I'd love to connect think? with you. I'd love yeah. to talk. Right. That's all that mm-hmm. that was. But mm-hmm. I was throwing it onto him and be like, what are you thinking? Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So the the uh, 
I don't know if it's a, a the the juxtaposition of you want that emotional mm-hmm. side of me, and you know when I've shown it or when other men show it, some women go, uh, what do I do with that? Right. That's not what I wanted. And then yeah. even sometimes that gives a mixed message to the guys yes. of oh well you know you're too you're too emotional you're too cry where where did that come mm-hmm. from? And then the guys like all right sealed shut I'll never do that much. again totally. I'll never do that again which is mm-hmm. why right when I work with men I really work with helping them stop taking things personally and that once you know once you have that clarity inside yourself like I'm a great human being and I have emotions you know and I'm gonna feel things then if she responds that way you're like okay sweetie like I can understand that this is hard for you and I'm still okay. Right. I still, Mm -hmm. I still want this from you. I still need this with you. And, um, I don't have to then go down that spiral into there's something wrong with me. And if Mm -hmm. she doesn't accept me, there must be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like there's a lot, like when we attach meaning to the fact that there is an emotion, like that's really where the trouble starts because Mm -hmm. if, if so many men who are used to shoving that down, not communicating that emotion, not even saying what the need might be beneath the emotion. Yes. And then they start assigning, well, I feel that way. That must mean that, that must I'm, mean I'm right. weak. Or that yeah. must mean I'm smaller. That must mm-hmm. mean I'm unlovable. That must right. mean I'm not attractive. Or that, right? mm-hmm. All right. those things are just that second layer, like mm-hmm. you're saying, of now I'm assessing how I'm being instead of I'm just having a feeling. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I wonder how long, like we were just talking on another podcast about if you just sat with that discomfort for like 90 seconds, yeah, could mm-hmm. it just go away and you'd be fine? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You nailed it. So that was point number two in your, your TED Talk. Be comfortable with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in this, you know, going back to the, the conversation between you guys, to what level can a, a spouse, well, a partner, a female partner, Mm -hmm. Uh, help to encourage or really look into their own self because if Melanie or another woman is really like oh my goodness I didn't know these emotions existed because you know family of origin my dad wasn't that way or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, can you give some tips or you guys have a conversation around your journey around being comfortable with that and maybe unlearning some things that you learned do you have any thoughts right out of the <laughs> out of the gate? I do. <laughs> you go I first. I mean, you know, again, having 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 watched thousands of men actually express, it's like in the beginning, I did have that feeling of like, oh God, it. The, I think I talked about this in the TED Talk too. It's like if you're used to a man being that solid ground and that you know person that you go lean on. If he starts feeling emotional, it can seem like, well, now he's wobbly and now I can't trust him and now I can't count on him. And so what I really love to support women to do is also to come back to themselves and find their own strength and their own ground and their own clarity. And that way you can choose to lean on a man, but you don't have to, right? It's Mm -hmm. not like, oh God, if you go away, my world falls apart because that's not a healthy dynamic anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And just thinking about what you were saying, it's like, I, again, I think I talked about this in the talk about helping women start to welcome that vulnerability and start to think about it like, okay, my partner is going to have a whole range of experiences and some of them are going to be emotion and some of them are going to be action and some of them are going to be, you know, passion and, and it just to start to wrap your head around it. I'm curious for you, Melanie, because you said you did have that initial reaction that, right. Again, it doesn't mean anything and he's going to come through it as long as he's willing to do his own work and to, to stay connected about it. Then it's not like he's leaving you or he's falling apart or he's going to turn into a puddle, you know, forever. And that I think is if we have those own fears about our emotions ourselves, which women often do, then we just put that on him. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And it's interesting, like in our journey, as you were sort of explaining that my dad is very much like he's the oldest son in his family. He's like the head. He's a CEO. Right. So Uh all the uh vibes that my dad puts out are I know exactly what to do. I am unemotional about it. He also has a traumatic brain injury, (laughs) which like removed a lot of his like emotional vibes mm-hmm. so wow. the mo- i know right so the the like like the epitome of the alpha absolutely yeah. right yeah. and so like my framework for what a man is quote supposed to be like is mm-hmm. he's authoritative he knows the right thing and like really the right thing mm-hmm. he doesn't mess up yeah. he doesn't waffle between options he doesn't cry he certainly doesn't wow. tell me he's afraid right he's never afraid well, he's superhuman yes he's superhuman mm-hmm. he has no feelings he doesn't yeah. need feelings he can do whatever and so i remember when seth like when he would go through these times of 
being frustrated about something, even him being frustrated about something mm. was like, it for me, it felt like the whole world is falling apart. Something I, like something yeah. bad is going to happen. Mm-hmm. My stability, my rock is yes, completely shattering. What do I yep. do? That mm-hmm. means that something bad, you know, like it's just, it just felt so scary and unsettling. And then I realized I'm like, wait, one, I'm modeling his behavior after my father. That's not going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Seth has all of his brain. My dad does not. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, this isn't great. And then I, I also realized too, like, as much as I love my dad, I don't want Seth to be like my dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't marry yeah. Seth because he's like my father. I married yeah. Seth because he's him. Mm-hmm. And so it yeah. took a lot of introspection into like, wait, what am, what meaning have I assigned to Seth's emotions? Yep. If he cries, what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, it actually means he's human too. Like I wasn't giving him the respect for his emotions that I was requiring from him to give to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was another right. thing too where I was like, dang it like i want him to have all the grace in the world when i'm losing my marbles but i never want to see him lose his that's Mm -hmm. deeply unfair it's perpetuating right that narrative that doesn't bring you the actual connection that you want Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say that too right it's like if you don't allow any space for that the man becomes more distant and shut down and disconnected Mm -hmm. and not able to be attuned and you know loving and caring in the ways that we want so it's like we want we want the best of all the world or we think it's the best of both worlds right Right. like yeah love me care for me see me understand me and then you know just keep that all to yourself Mm -hmm. right like okay (laughs) ladies imagine this and so you you love to connect emotionally with me with Mm -hmm. your girlfriends with just other people Right. right and you have a full range of emotions that i'm not going to speak for you but on the whole Mm -hmm. you're you let them out, right? Very wide, wide range. Right. You let them out, and you—it's—it's it's culturally acceptable. Right. I accept it. It's—it's right. it's the norm, right? So imagine yep. that if you had to, mm-hmm. like, stop all that, right? And yeah. actually be okay with it, mm, you yeah. know? Right. And so a lot of people don't talk about that. And now I'm just thinking, you know, because I go back to like research and you know, licensed marriage family. Th- therapy stuff it's like okay the data shows there's higher rates of aggression Mm -hmm. suicide alcohol abuse porn use by who men right right who's shoving their emotions right who's who's holding on to all this stuff and feeling isolated and alone and Mm -hmm. unsupported yeah and it's interesting too as you're saying that because we have three kids and our two oldest are boys and they're 13 and 12 so they're right in they're they're in middle school and it's so strange to watch because then our daughter is nine so she's just a little bit below them and to see them like there you can see the wheels turning in their mind like i'm not allowed to like they're not saying these things out loud but they are clearly working through in their mind i'm actually not allowed to be like giddy about something because that's what a girl does that's Mm. not cool that's not yeah it's not cool it's whatever but you can see that there's clearly like a a struggle there and what was really weird when covid hit and our kids got taken out of school so our our middle school or the oldest son was in middle school and then Mm -hmm. was taken back into homeschooling and mm-hmm. immediately he went from being like preteen vibes, like tween totally to being a kid again. It was the wow. weirdest, like taking out of his peer group. He stopped having something to compare himself to. Yes. And it was like he became carefree and a, a like a boy again. And it was mm-hmm. so heartbreaking, but also like, well, thank you that I get this. Thank time. God. And so right. heartbreaking and all of it all at the same yes. time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because our middle son is very much attuned to these things. Like when something is... um like incongruent or whatever. And he's like, wait, yeah. how come she can do that? But I can't like, what's the deal? And you're, you're just like, well, uh, culture, I don't know. Well, right. Like- and actually you can, and you right. need to, right. Right. I mean, right. Right. I just remember like that was the beginning of my Ted talk was, you know, walking down the hall in my kid's kindergarten. And this woman, my kid was crying. And this woman was like, no tears. And I was like, Oh, back off lady no right. almost punched in the face I was like you have no idea why my kid is crying and why would you tell him not to cry like what is that about you know right. and then I was saying how her son a couple days later like came up to me randomly this is so bizarre how the universe works and was like I got in trouble three times today because I was mean to kids and I was like oh from the mother who said told my kid not to cry right, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You, know, you can totally see how the family dynamics make that happen. And mm-hmm. if we don't allow it from a young age, so I, I may have overshot because with my kid, 
there is a ton of expression and there are sometimes when I'm like, oh, I may have, you know, rebounded to the other end of the <laughs> yeah. spectrum too far. Right. So now I'm having to kind of rein it in and be like, you can cry and have your feelings and you can still do your homework. Right. You, know, <laughs> you can cry and you can empty the dishwasher. Like it doesn't just make everything stop. Hey guys, quick break from the amazing conversation with Shana right now. I want to talk to you about getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. And my words are the words of a marriage and family therapist, right? I've been in practice. I've seen tens of thousands of hours of clients, literally tens of thousands of hours of clients and people need help, right? So go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get hooked up with a licensed counselor in your state. You can bill your insurance. You can stay in your J's. You can do it on your phone, in your car, in the Burger King parking lot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> go to getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. Tons of people are getting the help that they've needed for years and years and years. They're doing it and they're changing themselves and they're changing their marriage. So getfaithful.com forward slash anatomy of marriage. I have a question about like inherently I am just way more masculine than feminine, right? More, there's mm -hmm. more higher T levels, right? Than E levels. Uh, and that's what, you know, biologically I am. And then I gravitate towards stuff that I really enjoy like chopping wood or hunting or running down a trail or jumping off a cliff into a river things like this so yeah. where where would you say the the balance is uh for because we can talk about like toxic masculinity which i i believe is just the pendulum swing of like okay i've held all this shit in for so long now i'm just yeah. pissed about it and i'm gonna do whatever i want you know yeah. that involves like trucks and guns and you know four by four whatever <laughs> it's like okay that's really that's too far this way. Yeah. So what's going yeah. on? So what would you say? And honestly, this is really interesting. I guess it's just ironic. So I'm asking females about what masculinity looks like. Uh, like a, a level of mature masculinity or like a high form of masculinity that's not toxic, as you're saying? Yeah, like true masculinity. I like mm -hmm. to do these things. And I know that some of those things, like when I wear a red flannel shirt, Melanie just, you know, she's like, okay, let's have a fourth kid. Right. I don't even know. Right. So <laughs> those things that are inherently masculine in me and then the yeah. inherent feminine of you that is just like a magnet to it mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. without being, oh, he's a jerk or whatever. So it's right. like the a conversation around actually acknowledging those things mm -hmm. and encouraging those just to the max because you know it's your best self right right, right. well and that's yeah. what i was going to say i mean my immediate thought is it's just about health and balance it's not necessarily about masculine and feminine it's like expressions yes. of your health and balance mm -hmm. you know yes right like expressions of all parts of you and the parts that love to run or go or be creative and you know and then like that's there's a physicality there's emotionality there's a spirit right and so mm -hmm. allowing mm -hmm. for all that I was thinking about an interview I did with Terry Real who's a psychologist I don't know if you know him mm -hmm. he's amazing and he was saying that he asked I can't remember which where he was but it was either South America or some native tribe where he asked like well what do you think of as being really masculine or the best form of masculinity. And, and they said something about, you know, meeting, meeting the situation with whatever it calls for, right? Like mm. if it calls for heart, then bringing heart, if it calls mm. for brute, then bringing brute. Right. And I just, right. I love that. I thought it was really beautiful because that's how I think of confidence also, which is not, I know how to do everything and I've got it down. It's more like, Oh, I trust myself that I can meet whatever's showing up mm. in a way where, you know, I'm going to stay true to myself and do the best I can to, mm -hmm. you know, support others. Mm -hmm. What's weird. That makes me think of the word responsible, like response able, like you're oh. able to Spons respond. Right. And it's weird. Yeah. Like the responsibility. I don't know. That made mm -hmm. that stuck out to me. Oh, thinking, I love that. Yeah. I know. I love that like dissection of that word in that way. And something that came to my mind as you were talking about this and in the masculine sort of conversation is that it's very deeply unfair. And I want to say this to women who might be struggling with this, that women are essentially quote allowed to be whatever we want to be. I yeah. could shave my head tomorrow and dress in camo every day for the rest of my life. And no one would shun me the way that they would potentially shun a man mm -hmm. for yeah. doing that same sort of opposite thing. I can build furniture. No one looks at that like, Oh, you weirdo. Like I literally could do anything. I could be into yeah. monster trucks. <laughs> cool. <laughs> monster trucks and chaw. I don't even know. Right. But, um, it, but it's really, uh, something that, 
I think oftentimes women can get sucked into this conversation just as deeply as men and have this sort of like framework around it and think that they're, Mm. it's so much harder for women. It's this and that. But then really it's like, man, if you just, again, I go back to this with our kids. My boys are not, there are things that in the culture we live in, the city we live in, and we live near Seattle. So it's like free flowing here, but pretty, yeah. But even then, if they went to school in a dress, there, there would be, they probably wouldn't even be allowed to. Right. Yep. But if I went to school in pants, which I did every day, <laughs> right. no problem. You're totally right? allowed to. Right. right. So that, yeah. that there's something to be said there. The freedom that I have that Seth mm-hmm. does not have mm-hmm. to express yeah. myself in a way that he is not allowed to express himself. Yeah. 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 That, that makes sense. Um, but of course, on the other side, like I, you know, can go anywhere or do yeah, walk all, down any yeah. alley. So there's that other. It's like, and maybe that's mm-hmm. part of that is just, okay we need to get out of the conversation of it's harder for me or it's harder right. for me and actually just get, it's hard for everyone in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And can we actually have compassion? Can we start to realize, Oh, what if I have compassion for the person in front of me? And what if I take it out of all men are all women are mm-hmm. and really attempt to, you know, separate all my history and all the baggage and all the cultural conditioning from like, who is this person in mm-hmm. front of me? Can I really get to know this person and love this person and mm-hmm. care for this person? Right. That's beautiful. I think that's awesome. I, I think that the description that you were saying in your interview with Terry uh, reminded me of something. I know that you've had, we've had a couple of shared guests like Larry Hagner uh, has been on the show yeah. and also Ryan Mickler of Order of Man. And one of the things that he asked his guests on his show is what does it mean to be a man? Right. And you get Mm. the huge, just a a whole plethora of answers and all of which are, are whatever, but I have never heard what you just said. Terry said, like, I, I I am the person I'm, I'm, I show up as the man that I need to be in whatever Mm. situation. That means I can play Legos on the floor with my daughter, go to a daddy daughter dance with her or go, Mm -hmm. you know, clip flowers with her or whatever. Or if she wanted to, I mean, I've done this. Go ride monster trucks together. Right, right. right. I've taken her snowboarding or hunting or whatever. Um, And then other times, okay, uh, it's snowing. There's a blizzard. There's no power. We need to go cut firewood, whatever kind of thing. So you show up as as you are best able. Mm -hmm. I I think that that really hit me. That's like the best definition I've ever heard. Because it's not... Oh, you have to be this. You have to be that. Right. What does right. the situation call for? What does the situation call for? And how do you bring yourself to it, right? Without resentment or without giving up parts of yourself? Because I think the resentment comes from, well, now I'm supposed to live up to this ideal or I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. this thing versus that inspiration to serve or to protect or to care for and to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. You know, right. then that I think handles a lot of that resentment. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's almost like that idea of comparison is the thief of joy. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I imagine like you having an outline of what you look like and trying to overlay it, like trying to make it match up with what society says a man should be, mm-hmm. what masculinity is. And it's like, wait, it doesn't fit. It doesn't yeah. fit. It fits here, but it doesn't fit there. Like, how do I, whatever. And if you're constantly comparing yourself to that outline, yes, we will all fall short mm-hmm. of any, whatever the outline is. Right. Whatever. Right. <laughs> and so I think leaning into the, just again, that, like that balance, the health, the ability to show up in a way that is suits that situation. Yeah. Um, the best that's, I think that's brilliant. And I guess the next question would be like, what do you find stops most men from doing that? Yeah, I was just thinking actually, and I think that leads in nicely because I was just thinking about how a lot of men have been conditioned, right? So if if it's not okay to feel and it's not okay to need help, then it's also not okay to ask questions. And a lot of men come to me thinking, well, I should know, especially in the bedroom, I should know I should be really great at sex and being really great at sex means I know exactly what's needed in every moment. I don't have to ask. And, you know, and I'm like, good, good luck with that. Cause everyone <laughs> right. is different and every day is different right. in our cycle and every, maybe every hour and every emotion right. we're having is different, you know? So that sense of actually I'm realizing it's similar to what we were just talking about. It's like, Oh, showing up for what is here mm. and being able to ask like, Hey, it looks like you're struggling over there. You know, is there anything you need or in the bedroom, it might be, you know, do you like this better or that better? Because I really, I, I want to make you happy. And and so just that that sense of so many men come to me thinking like, I'm not allowed to ask. 
that makes me look weak or that makes me look, you know, un, what is it like unpracticed or un, mm-hmm. like, I'm not an expert at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just think that starting to let go of that is really, really powerful without, like you said, Melanie, the meaning, like it means mm-hmm. something. Right. I don't. Right. Yeah. I think we, you often say shake truth on it, like shake right. some truth on it. Like if you don't know something in the bedroom, you just don't know. And that's, mm-hmm. you'll know when you ask no big deal. Right. Like let's make it as I would so much rather a man asks me than just keep like poking around. Like, <laughs> right. Does that feel good? Knock it off. <laughs> what are you doing? Pleasuring you? Like, no, like that sign. Episode. Episode. <laughs> what do you do? It, it feels, feels like, like aliens a... are poking my body. <laughs> that's really funny. So Shana, I was just listening to you talk and uh, this this also kind of hit me. Oftentimes, I think our, our our the world that men have grown up in is very much mm-hmm. ego based versus spirit based. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was reading yeah. Eckhart Tolle, uh, you know, I don't know a while back, and you know, getting into all this, which is amazing, by the way. But I love him. Oh, uh-huh. he's great, <laughs> man. I love like my a mind. Zen master when you're yeah, you're it, like, oh. it, it, it's wild. But <laughs> the 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 idea of being in ego or ego versus spirit. And nearly yeah. everything good happens when I'm in spirit, when I'm inspired, when yeah, I'm in inspiration, right. yeah. in mm-hmm. spirit. And then ego, you yeah. know, they say it's edging God out or edging spirit out. Ooh. It's it's what I, I am. That. It's a I, me, mine kind of thing. And we, you know, we see most, most disagreements or arguments is when two people Come are in ego, right? So I was yeah. saying, how does this uh, maybe toxic masculinity or just this, this, uh, ethos around how men are supposed to be that is completely in ego right so how can we unlearn that hmm? oh yeah and and so un- unlearning that first of all accepting it and then unlearning it and having our spouse un- our partner unlearn it as well but then going to the the bedroom i want to talk about that a little bit because it is something that men feel oh i have to be the pro here if i like orgasm before she does that means i have ed what's wrong with me i can't even last kind of thing and men will go through hell or high water to like not make that happen i i even saw this thing one time it was a long time ago i think it was in my graduate studies or something and some guy was sharing his story where he hooked up with a lady and we'll get graphic here but that's fine he hooked up with a lady and while he was doing oral sex on her he was putting um, numbing cream on him so he wouldn't wow. like go sooner. And I'm like, yeah. how in the world can that be a connect- connecting and pleasurable right, experience right. when you're thinking right. about, oh, man, I can't go, I can't go, I can't go do right. anything. You're like, okay, you're just in your head. You're not in your heart or your body mm-hmm. whatsoever, yeah, which was body. right. That that just illustrated so like a vi- pressure. Right. Yeah. And a performance only thing. It's like um, we talk about uh, sexual intimacy, physical intimacy as having two components, connection, emotional and physical, Mm -hmm. obviously, and then pleasure. What do we find connecting Mm -hmm. like at a real heart level? And then what do we find very pleasurable physically? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I I, just a, a brief foray into what do women really want um i know this is a huge open-ended question what do women want about sex no but what are maybe two or three things that you guys can share what makes up a real connecting and pleasurable sexual experience because if a guy can go okay let me let me focus on that and then if i focus on that then i can begin to be in my body and heart instead of ego Uh, all the time yeah. You go first. <laughs> I know I put you guys I've on the been, spot. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've been supporting men with recently is the idea of touching for not only the pleasure of whoever they're touching, but for their own pleasure. And I've had experiences myself with this where, you know, where I've tried this exercise where I'm trying to touch the way I think somebody wants to be touched. And then I touch, you know, for what actually feels good to me. And I had a huge fight with one of my partners in a tantric workshop because he was like, whatever you're doing right now, that feels awful. Like, this is not cool. And that was the when I was trying, you know. And so I think that if men could actually get, okay, I can, you know, I can please her or I can pleasure her, take care of her, whatever. And I can allow it to be pleasurable for myself at the same time. I don't have to leave myself out. I don't have to make this like a grid or an engineering project, right? You know, I don't have to go into my head. It's like, okay, what would it be like for me to just enjoy myself in this experience? And if I notice that I am not, 
it's okay to pause, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of men and couples come to me and they're like, well, right, we can't stop in the middle because then that means we couldn't restart. And I'm like, no, there's, when you really think about sex less as a goal orientation of like, we have to orgasm or we have to climax, there's peaks and valleys and, you know, there's more pleasure in one moment and then more heart, like you said, in another moment. And sometimes they're all merged. So I really love helping men remember, okay, when I'm, you know, attempting to make a woman feel good, it's not like I'm doing it from my head. I'm actually feeling my own body and my own experience. Mm -hmm. And then I think the thing that a lot of men, I don't know, you can tell me Seth, but a lot of men don't realize is when you start to get that attuned to a woman's body, you can actually feel her pleasure and her orgasm, which means you get to feel your own and hers at the same time. And it becomes this exponential experience, mm-hmm. which is incredible, right? It's fantastic. And I, I feel sad that a lot of people don't experience that. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that 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 happens. And, uh, you know, the the saying uh, lead with vulnerability, you know, and sometimes we talk about things on our podcast. So we go first so other people can go second. Mm-hmm. And in yes. sexual intimacy, uh, of course, with ourselves and then with our clients, we've talked about, oh, when I know that Melanie is really into it and just mm-hmm. free and in her heart, guess what that does for me? Yeah. It gives me oh permission, you know, just like, OK, let's go to bonkers town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. I don't even know what that means. I don't but, either. <laughs> uh, on on the Bonkers opposite town. side, yeah, Bonkerstown. <laughs> I don't know. Great sex. Uh, when when I am in my body mm-hmm. and head, that is like amazing mm-hmm. accelerator turn on like crazy for right. you as well. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So as we've been talking, there's my thoughts keep. This is going to sound so weird for a minute here, but we interviewed Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers, and she is a sex therapist. She was one of his professors at Seattle Pacific University, and she's just an awesome person. And right. so she was talking about this idea that most of I mean, obviously, this stuff around masculinity starts when our kids are when our sons are boys, right when yeah. they're little. And she yeah. said the majority of boys get taken off of parents laps around six years old and they never get any real sort of loving non-sexual touch until they're teenagers right till they get their first girlfriend so think about like how big of a gap that is Mm -hmm. just for any like you know when i'm sick and someone rubs their you know touches my forehead or puts a rag on my face or whatever or just rubs my arm i feel better but men it's really weird as we've been thinking i'm like man men hit each other they have like <laughs> one way that they mm-hmm. can communicate something physically. They just, they smack each Bro. other. They kick each other. Yeah. yeah. They run. I mean, <laughs> our boys do this stuff mm-hmm. all the time. They would never think to just mm-hmm. hug. Well, that is an example because I think that because we've had these conversations, you mm-hmm. know, like our, our middle kid, right. Wrestles you know, with you all comes the time. up and wrestles and stuff. And she's like, yeah. Hey, stop that. I'm like, no, well, it's sometimes okay. It's in the kitchen. It's just, well, yeah. I mean, it, a bad you know, spot. Getting, getting rowdy and whatnot, but I don't believe for one second that he is doing that because he would rather me hug him. It's it's like how uh-huh. we like right. that's a mes- masculine There's show. Yeah, right. It's, of affection, yeah, I think it's right? both. I think mm-hmm. you're right, mm-hmm. and and, I, it, and it's kind of like it, it's funny too because like oh, testing this guy that I know could just pulverize right. me kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's like watching puppies play or something. You right. know, if they yeah. run up and you know snip or this, they're like just testing it right. all in fun. And mm-hmm. you can watch nature shows and how that's actually healthy mm-hmm. and then prepares oh. them for other stuff too uh, right. if that makes sense i was just thinking about my kid loves to wrestle and there's so much energy and there is a lot of you know kind of masculine energy but there's also a lot of like i walked in the house this morning and was like can i have a hug mom you know there's like so much sweetness and mm-hmm. i think right they're often conditioned out of that by the right. time you know yeah. middle school high school comes in and yeah I, yeah i feel like so maybe especially as women our job or one of our tasks is not only to start welcoming men's vulnerability, right? But our children's and our boys vulnerability mm-hmm. so that they can actually grow up knowing, oh, this is okay. Like, right. Yeah. And I, yeah, right in line with that too. It, it, I have found with our oldest, he's 13, what is he? 13 or 14? He's 13. 13. Uh, but like at night, it's funny cause he's almost as tall as me. Right. So he's basically the size of a man almost. And yeah. so it's weird. I find that sometimes when he'll go to bed, he'll He'll ask me to come talk talk to him in his room. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have, I mean, this is really weird. I'll have this split second of like, he doesn't need that. Like uh-huh. in my brain, he doesn't mm. need me to come and talk to him. Yeah. But I would never say that to our nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I got to go talk to her. 
That's why I think it's so weird that people have often said, you know, boys, boys aren't as complicated or they don't need as much. And I'm like, no, we just didn't listen to them for a couple generations. (laughs) Right. We just stifled, like smothered it. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I think too, with men, we were talking about this in another call where there is that testosterone element to it. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I think as women, we just write, write them off. We, oh, boys will do what, you know, they're just being weird or Mm -hmm. they're just being boys or whatever. But we, and so in that writing, off process we almost negate that there's any feelings inside of that that there's oh, that there man. could be any mm-hmm. feelings inside of that what else um, what else yeah. would it be though oh of course you know? I, mean, I mean yeah that's, that's, that's a real question right. to all the ladies yeah. listening but again i what think what else it, would it be it goes right back mm-hmm. to like family of origin i saw my dad never has emotions he's mm-hmm. never afraid he doesn't cry about anything you know mm-hmm. if someone is mean to him he just gets up and dusts himself off and goes in you know does whatever mm-hmm. so i've even found myself being surprised at the fact that i did yes. not acknowledge the emotions of my teenage son mm-hmm. and yes. i felt terrible about it and of course apologize but and i think that repair is really important too if you're a parent and you've found totally. that you have like negated an emotion or didn't even see it or whatever mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. in and make that repair right that you get to go back mm-hmm. it's not about being perfect it's about, right because they learn so much from our willingness mm-hmm. to say i'm sorry or oh i was really thinking about this and right. i i realized i said something that doesn't mm-hmm. feel totally true to me. And then that we, we model it for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, there are lots of places for conversations. If this is something that you're seeing in patterns in families, like uh, let's say my grandfather treated my dad like that. So now my dad's treating my brothers yep. like that. And if you're the yep. dad in that situation and you see that kind of family of origin awareness, just mm-hmm. have those conversations right. openly and slowly and it'll be worth it mm-hmm. and even to say like i love how you guys say you go first right and and i love doing that too with my clients and it's to say to your kid wow i don't i don't actually it's hard for me to let other people see me cry mm. or you know it's hard for me to show that i'm upset and and you know ask for help mm-hmm. and showing to know that i'm going i'm working on this too we don't have to be perfect i think sometimes for you having a perfect father or for me having parents who just, you know, were so disconnected, are disconnected from their emotions and mm. everybody was fine, even though like in the house, I mean, I'm in my parents' house right now right. and the the energy is thick. It's like, it's so tense. My body's been getting tense and I'm just like, right. oh my God, right. there's so much here. But I also learned, oh, I'm fine. You know, right. I'm, I'm fine. And it's like, oh, finally I started to say actually, and as I was growing up, like, I'm feeling really, I'm fine. And I'm feeling really sad right now. Right. Yeah. You know, eventually I kind of left off the, I'm fine. Right. But so it takes something to allow ourselves to go into that, no matter what gender we are. Sometimes if we have that family upbringing, mm-hmm. right. right. Which is going back to the, the, okay, well, how can women also support men and boys? We've got to actually start to be more comfortable with our own emotions and not mm-hmm. try to hide them or stuff them or, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's interesting in some ways, women's emotions are totally welcome. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, women are called crazy bitches or it's like, Oh God, did you see that? And there's the eye rolls and right. So it, there, there's both things are happening. Right. Yeah. And it makes me think I go back to that, like balanced, healthy version of whomever we're speaking about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And thinking when we're modeling this sort of new way of managing emotions, if we're trying to kind of infuse that into our sons, uh, modeling yeah. that idea of, you know what, right now I feel like things are just all going to fall apart, but I know I'm strong. I'm smart. I'm yes. wise. I've got support and I know I'll get through this, but I'm going to feel this for mm-hmm. a minute. And then on the other side, I'm I'll get through feel it. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I it's important. Acknowledge too that mm-hmm. I, yeah. And then I could see men listening to this being like, Oh, well then we're just, I don't know. I don't want to make this right. Like I'm having a negative judgment about men, but I could, I could imagine the thought, oh, well then everybody's just going to kind of be this like hodgepodge middle, you know, I I can't actually be my masculine self. And I just want to say that just because we're having more healthy, you know, emotional experience and connection and all that doesn't take away that Mm -hmm. masculinity or the strength that you know and love or your desire to go run off of a cliff and, you know, all those things. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so Right. If you're worried about that, right. it doesn't it doesn't have to look that way. I love yeah, that. It's not an either or like uh, let's not approach masculinity or femininity, femininity from a deficit base. OK, so I can embody who I am. Right. Everything. And that doesn't mean I <clears throat> I have to tamp down other stuff i just have to right. keep it in balance right i'm not right. running off of cliffs or killing deer right. all the time oh no, right no i talk I'm... about um 
head heart it always makes me laugh because i say it as head heart and balls (laughs) (laughs) and so right it's like you don't have to turn down the dial on your heart for a lot of men who identify as nice guys it's like okay let's turn up the dial on you know your sexuality and your ability to stand for yourself and ask you know say what you need and want and all of that and so instead of turning some dial down or it's like you know 30 percent head 33 percent heart 33 percent balls or sexuality it's like no they can all actually be at 100 mm-hmm. so you don't have to give up something to then take on right. something else yeah right well and it makes me think it. of um essentially it's like mastery it's a mastery of like yeah. head heart and balls right yeah. uh, but i think of when when i think of that i always overlay sports like football we live in seattle the seahawks are out here and those men have they're not neglecting or ignoring any part of anything not their body not their brains not their emotions because if you're going to make some crazy play you have to be in control of all of it but not uh so rigidly in control that you can't be flexible Mm -hmm. for something that comes up in aren't there a lot of um football players who have done ballet right yes yes to stretch and reach and be absolutely and and all of that yeah, and they have to have that sort of mastery of their their minds, their bodies, their all of it, and their intentions. And so I think as we talk about this, um, in as opposed to discouraging, like you said, we'll, we'll all be sort of in that weird middle zone, and we, we mm-hmm. don't quite know what we're supposed to be or not or whatever. No, head, heart, and balls. Like, get out there. Like, know all the things. But yeah, go forward and, like, use I, a chainsaw. Wear your right. plaid. Like, do all those things. Right. But don't ignore any of the other. It excites you, yeah. Right. Yeah. It excites me. It's <laughs> not about him. Plaid, right? So uh, I, want, I want to be respectful from your time. And this is so good. I yes. love it. I think guys are going to really love Absolutely. this. So I want to ask both of you a question, and then I'll ask you a, a question to wrap it up. But what do women... In, in in most heterosexual relationships, what can you guys say that women want from their men? Maybe like you one to first. two things. I was thinking, again, if we go with, you know, the the soft uh, softness or strength or um, caring or heart and then the strength on the other hand, like I think there's a I think there's a desire for acceptance and also at times for leadership. Right. So it's like that rock part doesn't have to be all the time, but there is a sense that I see of women wanting to be led or guided or, you know, here's something that's possible, invited, right? There's a kind of leadership there. And then I also see women really wanting to be felt and understood and accepted as opposed to just like, oh, you're, you know, it's just, you're just a woman having a lot of feelings or you Mm -hmm. must be PMSing or whatever, like to actually have a deep care and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just sort of echo that. Mm-hmm. I think there is, I found with all of our female clients that they, even if they didn't know they wanted leadership from their husband, they do. Yeah. When I, when I said, well, would you like it if your husband did this? They'd be like, oh yes. Mm. It's like, well, that's leadership. <laughs> like that's all that is. <laughs> uh, and it's, again, I think it's an invitation to leadership. It's not like a, you know, everything I know, nothing. That's not what I'm talking right. about. And mm-hmm. we use this analogy yeah. sometimes in coaching where it's like, you've got two pilots, pilot a plane, right? Like there is a pilot and yeah. a co-pilot, but they're not they're not necessarily less skilled or more skilled. They're just different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I right. think that that leadership piece is really uh, a huge element. Mm-hmm. And then again, too, like the attunement, like that you mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. see me mm-hmm. and that I'm not some sort of weird inconvenience to you. Like my emotions are not like, eh, mm. right. But you actually Suck. like see and care. Okay. <laughs> right. So leadership, if, if, and when shit hits the fan, but then also very acutely balanced attunement in that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Is, is that, was that what yeah, I'm hearing? Yeah, and the mm-hmm. analogy also, or like the imagery of like, this doesn't sound so weird, but I can't think of any other example, like pharaohs, like a queen, like who, who's a queen? Nefertiti. Nefertiti. Like two really strong, they're just like badasses standing there together. Yes. That's what I want. Badasses. I right. Mm-hmm. It's a collaborative leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not like I'm not following you. We're yeah. going together. Like, come on. Yeah. Because a co-pilot and a pilot, they both can land the plane. Right. Right. right? Both going to the same spot. But yeah. there's very distinct roles mm-hmm. on this flight from Seattle to mm-hmm. South Carolina, whatever five hour yeah. flight. Yeah. I'm I'm on deck for this. You're on deck for that. Right. That's we use that a lot in in coaching. It's like I'm like, dude, your wife wants you to know w- wants right. to know that you. Are holding this, <laughs> hey kiddo. Hi. Uh, that you're that you're on deck for this, right? <laughs> Hi. Totally, uh, totally. Hold that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
sometimes Love I have a nine-year-old. Yeah. We should do pen pals with our nine-year-old. Oh, oh that's yeah. That's like our new thing that's is pen pals. On. She actually I writes letters it. to kids. It's really that fun. That would be super fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay, do you have a client in five minutes, but tell me what okay. was, you had a last uh, question I think you said. Oh, oh no, we can, we can edit that part out. But um, so uh, we want to be respectful of your time. One last question. Yep. Uh, two last questions, actually. Uh, w- tell us, tell our listeners where they can find whatever you want them to find. I think a great place to go is shanajamescoaching.com and it's Shana, S-H-A-N-A. And if you go slash TEDx, you'll see my TEDx talk. And then there's actually, you know, a guide that supports men in understanding how men lose influence with women and at work. And then there's also a guide for women around the communications that push men away and actually how to bring men closer. So Mm. I think that's one of the best places to go. And then you'll, you know, you can search around on the website. There's podcasts for men that a lot of women listen to too, because they really appreciate hearing and understanding what men are learning. Yeah. So that's a great resource too. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys go check out man alive podcast also. And what is bringing you jazz right now? Just, I don't know. You like canoe racing. You like, you know, <laughs> raising puppies. I don't know. What are you into right now? <laughs> oh God. What am I into right now? This is such a great question. I think what I'm I think what I'm attempting to do in my life is actually figure out what I'm into um, with the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm, lots mm-hmm. of work and homeschooling. Um, but one of the things that's been lighting me up is remembering that I can actually take pleasure in small things. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's like, this is going to sound so weird, but I love Melanie that you've said that a couple of times. It's like, <laughs> oh, if I really want like a certain kind of cheese on my salad, like I can have that. I don't have to just be like, oh, it's too far to the refrigerator or I'm not going to buy it at the store because it's too much money or right. there's just something about like bringing a, a, okay, how can life be pleasurable into these tiny moments? Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned food because I was like, please <laughs> like say food. Please like- say- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was hoping you'd say food because I love, that was like right where my heart went. Yeah. Like, say food. So Shana, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, this, yeah, this conversation is awesome. I'd love yeah. to have it again. And uh, you guys go check out uh, yes, Shana James Coaching. Yeah. yeah. ShanaJamesCoaching.com and Man Alive Podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, what's up? We are super excited. We just announced this recently. August 6th, the Back to Basics Boot Camp with yours truly, Seth and Mill of Anatomy of Marriage Podcast, right? This is a free event, you guys, okay? We're going to learn about sex and intimacy. The amazing Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers is going to be here. Ah! You get to see her for free. What? Hold the brakes. I what? know. Live? So, you better get out here, okay? And with your then, own host? With your own host, with your own eyes and your own ears, <laughs> right? And then we're doing a VIP session at our house. In our backyard. In our backyard. It's going to be amazing, right? And then after that, after you spend four more hours with me and Mel, we're going to go to downtown Seattle and have a party. We're going to eat some German pretzels and do all kinds of stuff, right? right. So you guys do not want to miss this. Check out the Eventbrite link in the show notes. The Back to Basics Boot Camp, August 6th. 9 a.m. until. So we would love to see you guys there. We're super pumped about it. Yes. Tell us when you do it. And Air Fives for doing it. (laughs) All right, guys. See you soon. Bye.